I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and if I'm shunned, it'll be for the usual reasons, because I'm a Jew. And I'm Avsonensky, and I'm very afraid of female sexuality. <laughs> Welcome back oh. to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast and presently a Party Down podcast. We are here today to discuss season two, episode six, Not On Your Wife, opening night, which originally aired on May 28, 2010. Not on your wife, Av. What do you think about that pun for the for the name of the theater show? Take my wife, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, this episode, I think uh, we have a little zag when we usually expect a zig, and there's uh, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of interesting guests, uh, not huge names, but uh, people who we recognize. So why don't we hop right in? Unless we have um, any uh, pre-existing business. I don't think so. Do we ever? I don't know. Yeah, you often have a list of things we have to discuss. <laughs> That's true. I just yeah. I do sometimes do that. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think we need to at the moment. Um, should we argue about whether uh, the Chargers should have had a ninety five point six percent chance or a ninety six point two percent chance of winning their game Sunday night based on their? Uh, no, but your the way you're describing it kind of proves the point. But uh, we don't need to. Yeah, I don't think it does. But yeah, let's not get. Yeah, it does. It was a very small difference. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, never mind. Yeah, I didn't disagree with you about that. That I agree with you about. Right. So it makes, yeah. very, makes very little difference. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so yeah episode sure yeah <laughs> anything else no that's not bad i'm recording from a different location than i normally record from yes you made me aware of that yeah i mean it's the same location it's just you know one floor higher to my house mm-hmm. but a different room in my house and i'm in the dark extremely different and we have a guest we have a, we have a guest yeah silent I'm, guest well she can hear my half of the conversation Okay. Yeah. She already uh, she already she already chimed in with some geopolitical uh fact checking when we were discussing something uh right before we started recording. Oh, okay. Well that's gonna be helpful. There's a lot of geopolitical issues going on that might require fact checking. So it's yeah. good to have somebody handy just in case. Yeah, so we'll see if any of them come up on the podcast and if uh Okay. Well it certainly doesn't hurt to have her on standby. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she would like party down. I feel like I've spoken with multiple of our friends. Um, including one who we just uh, went on a trip together with, who said that uh, he watched it with his wife. His wife likes it a lot. I watch it with my wife too, and she likes yeah. it a lot. Is my wife the only one not watching it? Um, I, I don't know. Probably yeah, not she, the only one. She, she's very deep into TikTok. She can't be distracted. Yeah. Well, maybe you find some good uh, TikToks of Party Down to whet her appetite. Yeah, I saw Marco Rubio. Not to get too political here, wrote an op-ed saying that we must shut down TikTok. Um. I'm not I'm not necessarily against it. Yeah, I, I think the argument was that it's a, and I know nothing about TikTok and I didn't really read the article. I just skimmed it very briefly. But I think uh, the allegation is that it's a Chinese run government, uh, like government run 
company. Is yeah, that true? and they're stealing and they're stealing all our data. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, like their algorithm is just really evil and just. Oh, it's like you. a drug for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's addictive even beyond like the the addiction that is every other. App yes, beyond any all other media. social media. Yes, it's yeah. like it's like level up. Yeah. Um, she she like has stopped watching all shows with me because she's like so <laughs> just just TikTok. Yeah, that's the show. Yeah, well, it really just gives you exactly what you want. Apparently, so, yeah. you know, so that's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I do. Know, it's a way also for me to realize that we have uh, different interests because sometimes when I'm sitting over her shoulder, I'll see it for a second. I'm like, no, no, that's no good. Wait, why'd you skip over that? One? That was good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. We can start the episode. It's a little early to start the episode, but. <laughs> What else shall we discuss? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have anything else. That's fine. Okay, so we start out with our cold open, of course, as always, and we have we see that our crew is watching a community theater play from behind the curtains. I guess they are, you know, have they've maybe they've already set up the after party, so it's like good to go. Oh, and now they can just take it a little theater. Mm-hmm. And Roman, uh, you know, decries the fact that these people think that they're real actors, telling them that the entire existence of community theater is merely a delusion of a delusion. Mm-hmm. And Kyle thinks it's not that bad. You know, he tells, you know, he talks about how he once performed in this location. Lydia, of course, is taking in and loving every moment of this night. Um, just like she loved the uh, the screenplay from Roman last week. She's loving this play as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the implication by Lydia's excitement is that her daughter must be like not even in Hollywood at all. And it's mere, mere, merely like a figment of Lydia's imagination, right? For her to be impressed by the, the slightest of things. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, that, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember, yeah. so I can't, it can't be a spoiler if we ever meet um, her daughter, like in the final episode or anything like that. I don't, I don't think so, think but I wouldn't be do, surprised but... if we do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, everyone is kind of tuning her out until she mentions that the two lead actresses are now making out, and Roman and Kyle rush mm-hmm. over because now suddenly they're interested. Yeah. Now, I, I've um, previously yeah. theorized that perhaps Roman could be gay. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we, that, we certainly saw things so he might be uh, bi curious, at least tonight. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we'll get to it later, but you're absolutely right. Like his his reaction to Rob Huebel's Huebel. How do you pronounce that guy's name? I never know. Huebel. How do you pronounce yeah, his name? Okay. Um, anyways, um, Roman's reaction to his, you know, uh, pansexual advances towards him. It's um yeah he's he's uh he he seems like he's uh willing to uh he's very interested in uh in in everyone who's interested in him so uh-huh. and it's a rare occasion that well, right. someone else is so. right he'll take what he can get yeah, exactly. so maybe it's nothing to do with any sort of uh yeah so, insight into sexuality although I guess that's its own type you know form of sexuality yeah well the pansexuality as uh as described by uh, the players in tonight's uh, performance right. But is it even pansexuality or is it just a I, I will literally take Avail- anything? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Available sexuality. Like yeah. he, right. He's like not actually yeah. interested, Perhaps. but it's just well, like out of desperation. Yeah, who yeah. knows? I I don't you know, it seems like he's having a good time. It doesn't seem forced. Okay, so 
Casey again, run, you know, rushing in late. This seems to be just like a weekly occurrence. Like she's never on time for work. Um, and Henry assures her that she hasn't missed much. Don't worry. Um, and you know, she ends up having to apologize for the previous uh, episode where she comes onto him in the hot tub, and they are both uh, very eager to blame it on the alcohol. Mm. Blame it on the juice. What exactly are we the led juice? to believe? No, I was saying the next line in the song. Blame it on the oh. alcohol. Blame it on the juice. The juice or the Jews? <laughs> the juice. Oh. Boy, you got to have to say this on the mind. There's a lot of blaming things on the Jews going on. There, so that is know. true. Yeah, we're getting blamed for a lot. Yeah. People should blame more stuff on the juice. Uh, whether O.J. Yes. Simpson. You know, I bet that's what originally happened. Like Jesus, like when he, they were... Um, they were putting him on the cross they're like who did this to you jesus and he said the juice and like he was he meant like they gave him some juice to drink or something before and like poisoned him mm-hmm. and everyone's like the jews and then like two thousand years later they've just been trying to kill us oh, i see yeah jesus really should by that i mean more, uh, literally ever literally everyone yeah <laughs> without you guys exception. thought we might not get to hitler early tonight but here we are <laughs> Well, this goes much bigger than Hitler. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, Hitler's a latecomer to the party. Yeah, but he uh, he went much, big. Yeah, much, much like <laughs> JB Smoove, latecomer to curb, but becomes the MVP. Very yes, quickly. yes, yeah. yeah. He would become with guy at the yeah. uh, anti-Semitism conferences. Yeah, Hitler's uh, has, has a dominant rise, like like few we've ever seen. Yes, yes, yeah. he. Uh, Number one with a bullet. Yeah. I mean, um, it's like the question. <laughs> the question always is like, can you make the Hall of Fame when you have such a short career? Right. Because ultimately. Right. Yeah. He's 13 yeah. years. I'm, I'm typically on the side of yes with those types of guys, yeah. obviously, within reason. So, so you um, say Terrell Davis. Hit, Hitler, Hitler, is in, Hitler, Hitler is in the anti-Semitism Hall of Fame. Yeah, would you say say. Would you say Jacob deGrom is the Hitler of starting pitching right now? I don't even know what to do with that question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but, but uh, forgetting about that for a second, uh, transitioning. Uh, do you think that if if he retired today, do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? I I would have to like look at it more carefully. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he has even the base. I mean, he was you have two two or three Cy Youngs. Yeah, but I mean, look at Doc Gooden to think of another and a red rookie of the year. Yeah, so he probably needs to go a little bit more. And they're yeah. just like, isn't really like, and there's a difference between like, what would I want? Maybe is is yeah. different from what I think is realistic because they have they've set a like Santana's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um. Other you know other similar you know was is Roy Halladay in the Hall of Fame? Yes, Roy Halladay's in he the is. Hall of Fame. Okay. Um. I think I think I guess he, I guess he had like that the back end he had more like, yes that's that's true and yeah uh, he went like much older than like Santana for example his stats are a little bit better right um so yeah and he also had a sort of a very tragic famous uh, early demise which I think builds a little bit of sympathy right. also right right yeah so I mean I would guess that he's probably not like better his case is probably not better than Santana's yeah I, I think guess, it's, but I have right now it's much worse I think uh, not okay, not worse it's just his career is much shorter. Right, he hasn't like he he started yeah. very late. I mean, that's always gonna be he's always gonna be an uphill climb for him because of that. Yeah, like he started. Yeah, um, you know, he was a shortstop. Not everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you feel about watching Syndergaard pitch in the World Series? Why are we eh, talking about care. baseball I mean, right now? It's mid November. I'm clear. I don't know. You, you you're pursuing this. Um, right, okay. Yeah, I didn't really care. All right. Uh, before we lose every last listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, so what I was asking is, what what are yeah. we presumed to think? happened like you know they start kissing in the hot tub and then you know what what do we think happens like next like after we go off the air 
Well, I mean, they get interrupted in the hot tub, right? Like other people yeah. come and join. So like yeah. that game, you know, they get cock blocked. So that's there. it. So that's the end. Of um, it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Mm. I don't think they then like met up later that night and like had sex. I don't think so. Okay. Because the, like Casey coming to Henry to say, like, I have to apologize to you. It seems like she's going way overboard here and she's almost this quote unquote apology is really just an excuse to have another moment with him that might end in that way also. <laughs> right? Um. I guess it's possible, although, like, when you're, like, in situations like this, it's also just, like, so emotionally charged that, like, you don't necessarily need, like, you you just kind of, like, want to be around the person more. Yeah. Well, that's Um, what I'm saying. So, like, make sure. apologies. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, but it's also just, like, because, like, you feel bad and, like, it's all you're thinking about and, like, you don't want to, like, you don't want to mess anything up. And Yeah. So, um, he's he's dating. I I don't think he necessarily has an agenda. So, Henry's dating Una. Una? What is it again? Well, as of last episode, he still was. Maybe yeah. now, based on the events of this episode, we're meant to assume that he's. I mean, he either he's cheating on her or he's not with her. I'm gonna guess he's no longer with her. I, I feel like we're never gonna hear about. I feel like her name will never be mentioned again. Yeah, but but I mean, he certainly was cheating with her at a point on her at, at a point. And I would hope you know that he would break up with her immediately thereafter because why is he continuing to be with her? You know, he's clearly uh, not. Well, she's just she's just so great. Yeah, that's true. So it's she like has a kid you don't want to give that up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you know, we we want to think of Henry as a good guy, not a guy who's going to cheat on his girlfriend. So yeah, yeah, that was an awkward pause. Um, <laughs> um, and Casey, uh, you know, she really wants to know if Henry's told anyone about it, and he assures her that. He hasn't, and they both agree that if anyone shuns her for any reason, it'll have nothing to do with Henry, and it will be simply for the usual reason, because she's a Jew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so we now have Roman at the inside, bar. Finally. <laughs> and uh, he hears everyone congratulating each other for their magnificent performances in the show. This one is magnificent. That one is magnificent. And he uh, decides to rain on their parade and uh, advise them that if you're magnificent and you're magnificent and we're all magnificent, that magnificent is the mere average. Yes. So you're just saying we're all average. FYI. Yes. Yeah. It reminds me, of course, of the doctor in Long Island who says everything is magn- is breathtaking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It calls into question his standard. You have to you have to. Uh, it's like war, not war. Yeah. Like uh, war. Is it war? Whatever. All like the how you need to like adjust for error. Oh, oh, war like like the, the, oh, like the baseball, baseball stat. stat. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah, you said yeah. war is in like global conflict, and I was very no sure. right. It's like war, right? It's value over replacement actor. So if everyone's yeah. magnificent, you're yes. replacement. Oh, I got it. Yeah, but yeah. then you but you can't punish like if it's a Garrison Keeler situation and everyone is excellent. You can't punish everyone for the fact that everyone else is excellent. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to acknowledge that everybody's excellent. So yeah, yeah. I, I say I say you can qualify the stats for era, but also appreciate them in their time. Yeah, um, they say that's part of the reason that they, um, when it comes to like uh, CEO pay at public companies, so they pass like all these disclosure rules. Yeah, and instead the, like, the like, numbers the, went way up, and so higher. and the numbers went way up because yeah. everyone saw what everybody was making, and they're like, "Oh, I'm being paid below average. You have to double my salary." Yeah. And, and then, and then perpetual. it also then has just like a perpetual thing because then yeah. like the next guy is like, "Oh, well, now the average just went up by a million dollars, so like pay me more." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So law of unintended Oops. consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so we get uh, Leland Cork, the director, coming to the stage. Um, this guy looks very familiar to me. He looks like he's in some stuff I may have seen, but like, there's nothing that stood out um, where I associate him. I mean, a lot of Children's Hospital in this episode, so I don't know if he was one of those. Yeah, no, I looked him up because I thought I recognized him, but there was nothing that jumped out to me. I mean, there's things he's in that I've seen, but I'm not yeah. sure if I remember him from them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he, of course, uh, continues the uh, train of Magnificent. Uh, he you know, congratulates the cast on their Magnificent performance. He, he thanks the uh, guests for their Magnificent support. And he then, uh, kind of uh, kidding on the square, asks everyone, maybe you could donate a little bit more money. Gets mm-hmm. a, little, get a little drunk on the theater. And he, uh, he asks Mona. Maybe the, spend, think spend less on the open bar, and then you won't be 10 grand short. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, I'm, not, has, I'm not saying the get rid of open bars like I support open bars and, you know, prefer to attend events only with open bars. But I'm just saying like, sure. if it's a difference of $10,000 in survival, maybe ditch the open bar. Yeah, you could probably live without it. Yeah. So he asks Mona, the stage manager uh, who appears to be deeply in love with him and infatuated with him to fix the backed up toilet when she has a chance. Well, on the first watch, or at least the first watch in several years, was that immediately obvious to you? Like from remember. the first scene, um, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, because you I described it as if it is, you know. I mean, yeah, by the end, well, I wrote course, in, yeah, yeah, I wrote in my notes that way just because we were introducing the character. Yeah. So, but I don't, I didn't know whether I specifically uh, noticed that on the first watch. Because uh, she's immediately from the first, you immediately notice that she's sort of very strange. Sort yeah. of, she, she's very mute and she's very awkward and she has sort of these uh, sort of rushed motions, but it's not clear the motivation exactly at first to me. Yeah. I have a question about this uh, Ticketmaster thing. With, uh, what? Getting tickets for Taylor Swift? Yeah, this whole thing that everyone's very angry about. Yeah. Um, so, like, people are just angry that, like, the, the wrong people got tickets. Well, they're angry about the process. Uh-huh. But, you know, the reality is that neither defending nor admonishing Ticketmaster, I'll just say that you know, no matter what, when you have an event with this much demand, right? Yeah, a lot of people, people will get pissed. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. So like a ton yeah. of people went at a time, and like some people thought they were in a queue, but then whatever, and different yeah. people got the tickets. Yeah, yeah. It's like when um one of my favorite Simpsons joke I might have said this before um is when uh, Homer is in the army or he's doing something with somebody else from the army. I don't remember exactly going to a business venture, and they tell him that you know. Um, he's the guy's angry at uh, Homer because he comes late and he says, you know, when I was in the army, if you were late, people died. He's like, well, when you were in time, people also died, but different people, the right people. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels like kind of just it's like, you know, people are angry that different people got tickets. But uh, alas. <laughs> So, yeah, then we have uh, Lydia uh, go speak to Casey. Um, about an hour and a half has passed, by the way, since we last spoke. Um, so we, we think we're, we're picking up the right. We're not 100% sure. <laughs> so um, she tells Casey that she thinks she's probably better off with Henry. Um, sorry, without Henry, and that she should forget about him and move on. Like, there's a great scene right now. The two of them could be cougars together and go out on the prowl. And she's like, I don't think you know what cougar is like i'm not a cougar she's like yeah well no we're both cougars she's like no like a cougar is like an old woman who likes younger men she's like hmm well, well uh, a woman of a think? certain age please 
I sort of finished. Yeah, sorry. Um, does bear mean anything? And she's like, yeah, that's like like a large hairy gay man. Lydia's <laughs> like, ooh, I think I have to go uh, change my dating profile. This explains a lot. What did she think she was ordering? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that's yeah. that's one of the themes that will be discussed uh, throughout the episode by Casey and Henry, right? Like the, these these people right. are showing up on dates expecting a bear and seeing Lydia and what is their reaction? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. So Henry uh, Henry asks Casey to come help him get some wine from backstage, and Lydia blurts out that they should really get back together. Um. Casey refuses, and uh, Lydia wants to know if Henry has a big one, which Casey ignores. Um. She's not in the, in the mood. So Ron comes in and he's reading a book about, I think, management secrets of the CIA. Yeah, very strange choice. Yes, and uh, Lydia compliments him for being such a down-to-earth achiever and stares awkwardly at his pants um, because she notices that there's some frosting on them, the very pants he has to wear to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ron mistakes this for thinking that Lydia is looking at his buttocks um, in a sexual manner. Yeah, so. and it's it's very strange how she acts about it, and she gets all like weird and awkward. Like, why not just say like you spilled on your pants? Like, that's much less awkward than what she does. She creates yeah. this entire thing for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's kind of this whole episode. This episode is all just like silly misunderstandings. Yes. Um, but I think it's supposed to kind of like echo the play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> um, they find that the, uh, some of the actors find out that Roman is a writer and they talk about how the God, the, the writer is God, God, the writer is who makes us exist. And they're, you know, they're starting to this, the long, the episode long love affair with Roman has begun. Um, we then uh, go backstage, uh, Leland and Kyle, and Kyle finds out that the theater, um, as exciting as this all is and as uh, wonderful and magnificent as everyone was, the theater is going broke. And that Margaret, the woman who writes them an annual check for $10,000, so far has given them bubkis this year. So they're in big trouble. They really need that money. Kyle says, listen, I can help. I can be very convincing. I once convinced the casting director to put me in a movie. And it wasn't by being a great actor. I cast her, I convinced her in the backseat of her Land Rover, if you know what I mean. Pretty sure I do. (laughs) Have you ever convinced someone of something in a Land Rover? In a Land Rover in particular? I don't think so. I'm not sure if I've ever been in a Land Rover, actually. Have you? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I certainly have never convinced anybody to do anything with the promises that I'll have sex with them in return. <laughs> you mean in a Land Rover? Oh, in, in any yes. anything. <laughs> no one's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'll have sex with you. Oh, then I'm interested. <laughs> Not really. Anything. That's yeah. good in the cards. Um, so, yeah. Um now we have Casey and Henry, um, and they bump into Margaret, speaking of the devil. Mm. Uh, and she, of course, is played by Rachel Harris from Hangover. Um, probably from the Hangover is how you think of her. 
Yeah, for sure. Where, where, where do you oh. think of her? Wh- who was she in The Hangover? She was uh, Ed Helms's girlfriend, fiance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Oh, um, so, I mean, she's been on like every comedy on TV over the last 15 years. Uh-huh. But oh, um, curb, right? yeah, for pretty, pretty good purposes, I'd say she's most known for playing Joanne Mel Gibson, um, Mel, Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks's gay secretary. Right. He's adopting a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would just associate her more with the hangover. Yeah. She had a big role. Who is she in the West Wing? We keep people having people in the West Wing that don't recognize them. Yeah. Well, she's been on everything. So, yeah. So Henry watches on as Casey uh, flirts very openly with Margaret. Mm. And uh, when she walks away, Casey explains that she's a lesbian producer at Warner. Um, she, like, produces a bunch of comedies. And I usually pretend to be a lesbian when I'm around her on the off chance that maybe she'll cast her if, if she's into me. Yeah. And uh, what do Henry you think comment- of Casey's flirt game, by the way? Um, it's a bit over the top. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get more over the top of that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Casey puts on this costume and starts uh, throwing herself at Henry um she apologizes and backs off but by the way a gra- a, another great curb throwback right we're, we're la- costume yeah where larry makes sure i'll go in a costume and this is a uh, this is a, a a light blue uh you know more see-through sexier version but uh the same cut <laughs> yes yes um and they start making out what do you think about how um, they swirl the, uh, them? how they swirl the hood over the two of them together very romantic um very romantic. Yes. No, this is a this is a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Lydia walks in on them, and you know, then she leaves, and they continue making out yeah. after and, and she's Lydia, gone. So, and and it, it's not clear at this point who Lydia thinks it is, right? In the costume, right? She just knows she's seen someone. Yeah, yeah. So now we have Kyle going over to a woman that he presumes to be Margaret, who we know. <laughs> him to be wrong in his presumption. Uh, she, of course, confirms that she is Margaret. So I don't know if she's she's just a different Margaret or no, she's she the character she played in the play is Margaret. Oh, right. Right. The husband right, right. Yeah. But yes, it, yes, I mean, okay. it's such an obviously stupid thing when she, she's like, which was Margaret? Oh, she has a red blouse and, and brown hair. You know, don't worry. Like, uh, I'm just going to sit in this back office and not come out once over the next hour and tell you who it is. Right. That's a normal. Um, so he tries to get her drunk. And he asks what it would take for you to write a check to the theater. And she tells him, well, it's complicated and naughty. So they head out together. She tears off his shirt and they put on, okay, he put, she puts a gorilla mask on his head. Mm-hmm. As one does. Great. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. Um, have you ever had sex with someone in a gorilla mask? I do not believe I have. In, in either direction, either you wearing or the other person wearing. <laughs> I don't believe a gorilla mask has been involved by either party. <laughs> You've never introduced the gorilla mask into the bedroom. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Well, I know what I'm getting for Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, so Ron asks Henry uh, what, he, what he thinks of Lydia. What is What are his thoughts? Revealing that Lydia complimented him and then checked out his ass. Mm-hmm. Um Casey uh, walks in and they're like both, uh, you know, trying very hard not to discuss the issue with Ron. Um, and then Lydia comes in and like, she's like, okay, like, I'll see you later. And he, he's like, not if I see you first. And he keeps like doing that over and over again. It's insanely creepy. Yes. Um, Poor Ron. 
Yeah, Lydia then walks in on Kyle and uh, fake Margaret having sex. So, like, Lydia's just, uh, I guess it's kind of been uh, her thing. Yeah, Lydia has walked in on someone having sex in every episode so far. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's her thing. Yeah. She sees other people have sex. Well, that's Um, why she's so thirsty. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Roman is uh, entertaining the group of actors with stories from his scripts, and they're fawning over him and rubbing him and pouring alcohol into his mouth. Just, just Rob Hoyle. Yeah, a a subset. Yeah, yeah. Just and Carrie (laughs) and Carrie Kenny, who uh, you know, she was the she was the lone female cast member of the state, and so she goes all the way back Mm. to David Wayne and Ken Marino and company. So uh, great to see here. Rob Hoyle obviously played Doctor Mark on Curb. Right, right. Uh, did not steal the newspaper, you asshole. He's a doctor. Although I think to this, I still think he did. But I know that you uh, yeah. thought he did not, right? Um, I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, you know the guy who had the theory of eighty-seven, like the big George W. Bush fan in that episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, what's his name? The guy, the, uh, the guy from Groundhog Day and Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, shoot, oh, this is an black guy's name. Yeah. Um, I, um, I feel I feel like that guy exactly must be a, must be a huge Trump fan. Uh, in a character. Yeah. Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah. No, Stephen Tobolowsky in real life is definitely not. He's uh, probably a liberal. <laughs> Holly- he's a liberal Hollywood Jew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's too bad that liberal Hollywood Jews couldn't um, prevent Trump from becoming president, given that they control the U.S. government. Yeah, I know. Well, we're both nefarious and very incompetent. Yeah, so so selective control. Yeah. So we're setting up the next thing to lull people into a sense of security. Listen, it's like Game of Thrones. Sometimes you have a a part of the storyline that doesn't really make sense. Why is that guy in charge now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, uh, Trump failed to build the wall. Brand the Builder helped bring down a wall. Hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, so that was um, built by his ancestor and namesake, right? Yes, Brand the Builder. Yes. If you do a Brand the Builder is prequel <laughs> about building the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Just to troll Trump. This is how you do it. That's how you build a wall. Yeah. But they Even didn't make Brand the, the wild. They, they didn't make the wildlings pay for it though. <laughs> well, not in not uh, in cash. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Leland is uh, telling the story when Kyle hands him the big check, and <laughs> turns out, uh, Mister Kyle, you've convinced the wrong woman because the check I see here is only for fifty dollars. Yeah. So not, not Kyle, his best performance. Yes, but he's not discouraged. He's like, all right, I'm ready for another round. Now I'm going for the real Margaret. Yeah. What what would you do if you had sex with somebody and upon completion they gave you a check for fifty dollars? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would take the fifty dollars. Yeah, not? I'm, I'm not going to turn down the fifty bucks, obviously, but you know. <laughs> yeah, again, um, not getting. I'm not. I'm not getting favors. I'm not yeah, getting money. No, no, no one's ever paid you for sex. Poor, poor off. Never had no, the opportunity to be a, to a prostitute himself. Yeah. 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 Have you ever have you ever paid uh, someone else fifty dollars? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, it's way too much. Um, so yeah, so Leland overhears the conversation with Lydia telling Casey that she saw Henry making out with a lady in a pink costume, and he concludes that it must have been his wife because she was wearing a pink costume. 
um, which, you know, Casey realizes what's going on and she rushes over and tells Henry that Leland thinks that you were making out with his wife. So you better be careful. So Kyle is on the prowl. He goes over to the correct Margaret at this time, but discovers that this one is not much of a drinker. Um, she's just drinking some water because she's got to drive home and she's got a, you know an early morning tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be a, a harder sell for Kyle. Um, so we, we have um, Henry and Casey go over to see Leland. They're trying to explain what happened. But uh, before they can explain, like, the mixed communication, Lydia jumps in. She gets involved. And uh, Kyle is trying to get advice from her on how to get Margaret into bed. And she's like, just be direct. Like, women like when people are direct. You know, if somebody likes you, you want them to tell you that they like you. Uh, and so, of course, Rod is everyone's listening to everybody's conversation this episode. So Rod is li- listening to Lydia, who overheard this. Uh, you know, so and she, uh, he, you know, decides to put her ideas into practice and grabs her and starts kissing her. And um, Lydia is, you know, just like overcome and she runs, grabs her bag and she reaches her hand in and pulls out the pepper spray, sprays Ron in the face. And not only just sprays him, like even like once he's like down and recoiling, like she continues to go at it. It's great. She's just like, you know, extra bonus pepper spraying Ron here. Yeah, Even, well, like once I've like disarmed him. Yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, <laughs> this, this this very strange scene. So, you know, when when one misunderstands cues and, and makes a move, if the other person doesn't <laughs> want it, you like how how strongly, aggressively, even violently, I hate to get awkward, is Ron kissing her that she's unable to stop him in any other way that she has to go directly for to spray him like i mean he did like pin her on the table well, that's this, what it i'm wasn't saying like... so but, but so is he like are we watching like a sexual assault like this is not like or because it's supposed to be a comedy that's what i'm saying it's very awkward i'm not sure what the intention of the filmmakers here is right well it's a sexual assault due to miscommunication <laughs> so that's a, hence it's funny entirely. yeah i mean, I mean the, um... the other awkward thing is like you know i gotta say like ron handles that pepper spray Pretty like I, I'm just I'm guessing it may not be the first time in his life he's been pepper sprayed, but from my understanding, it's extraordinarily painful. And Rod seems to like overcome yes, it pretty yes. quickly. Um, he's not like pouring water yeah. in his eyes. He's not freaking out. So right, um, yes, yeah, so maybe, maybe maybe Lydia got like imitation pepper spray. Well, let's uh, I don't know why I brought up this very dark uh, perspective. Let's uh, yeah, yeah let's, I don't know why either. You ruined yeah. you ruined the show. Yeah, sorry. It's Ron, okay. you're canceled. Ron's canceled. You're canceled. I'm canceled. Yes. Anyway, Ron's a, Ron's a fictional character. Yeah. So she finally reveals that, um, no, I was not into you. I just saw frosting on your pants and it yeah. was awkward. And the two of them both agree that they're better off not discussing this incident with anyone. I guess uh, neither of them looks very good, um, although Ron certainly looks a lot worse. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. Not great, Ron. Um, so finally we get Henry, you know, really trying to explain it to Leland this time. Um, but as he's about to, Margaret and Leland's wife walk over and Henry explains that he was kissing another actress who happens to be wearing his wife's costume. And Casey, who doesn't want to, Margaret to know that she is straight, won't yeah, admit the, that she the, is the, open. The, the length wife. to which Henry is going to leave it open in Vegas, ridiculous. Yeah. And it turns out that Leland's wife and Margaret are the ones who are in love and they were uh, making out and they'll be moving in together. I guess they've been doing more than just making out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also tells him it's that very Mona obvious, is, apparently is clearly in love with him. 
uh, which he's in complete um, denial of. Well, Mona's reaction is to bite a plunger that she has just used <laughs> to unclog a toilet, <laughs> which Correct. is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen on television. Yeah. Um, and then to end things off, Kyle walks in, grabs Margaret's butt and wonder why she's <laughs> not enjoying it. And everyone has a little laugh. Yeah. Ah, casual uh, sexual assault in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Now we have a couple of post credits uh, zingers. Um, Kyle drinking with, with uh, Leland still can't comprehend that Margaret's been gay this whole time. And Kyle says it's like all these little misunderstandings adding up to this tragic ending. Mm-hmm. Um, very theatrical. Um, Mona tells Leland that she has fixed the toilets. And he tells her it doesn't matter as the theater is broke and he needs 10,000. Turns out that she had just a little more than that. She could have spared 11,000. Yeah. So this Alas. is like all the money she has to her name or this is just like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All she has, but she probably would have given it to him. Is what, but you know, but we now what are they going to do? Save the theater for like a month in the next month? What happens? Well, I think a, I think a year, right? That's what they were counting on Margaret's annual donation of 10,000. But if 10,000 is all they need to operate for a whole year, I mean, that's kind of miraculous. So are we supposed to is we supposed to take away is that she's been giving the money to indirectly help her lesbian lover mistress or whatever. But now that she's leaving him, she doesn't need to pay it anymore. Like what's I suppose so. I just the amount of money is so ridiculously like how much does it cost to to operate that place for a year? I don't know. Let's just make make it over five hundred thousand dollars. Like ten thousand is such a minute number relative to the overall amount. I mean, I don't think it costs $500,000 to keep that play going. That's like a, it's just like community Not theater. The play. They got to operate the whole building, though. They got to they gotta pay for the rent and the, right? I don't know that they do that. They probably just. Oh, they just rent, rent it once a the, month? When they perform. I don't think they own the theater. Or maybe, oh. I have no idea. Maybe okay. he does. Uh, who the hell knows? Yeah, who? I don't know. It's I guess. He's t- he does talk about the theater is broke. Um, it seems to be, yeah, the building, not not the yeah. show. Yeah, I don't have no idea. Yeah, um, we're gonna need to see some need to see some financial statements. Yeah, unless listen, it, the Hanukkah season is fast approaching. Maybe they uh, all they could find was ten thousand dollars, but miraculously it lasted for uh, for eight whole years, eight whole shows. Yeah, when they thought it'd be just enough to finish this one show. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear what's up, um, up next? Is Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? What's up next on what? That's the next show that they're gonna be doing. Who's doing that? Oh, in that's this. What, that's oh, what God. they say in the episode. Oh, God, I missed, I yeah. missed that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they do um, a whole bit where they say all the lines, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I forgot that. Um, I, well, I, yeah, I watched this like a week ago. Um, <laughs> okay. If it's, if it's when, out of my last, notes. When's the last time you saw Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Much more than a week ago. Okay. Um, I saw the it only movie, once. I saw it like 10 years ago. The movie. Yes, the movie. You've never seen yeah, the play. Yeah. I've never seen the play. I, too, have only seen yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, we do a Glenn Gary Glenn Ross podcast. Nah. Yeah. It is it's a very good movie. It. Oh really? I thought it was I thought it was okay. Mm. I didn't think it was that great. How many I, years I ago saw it fairly it? recently. Oh really? In the last ten years. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um so Lydia is uh teasing Henry about his uh backstage shenanigans, if you will, um when Kyle, Leland, and Mona emerge. Leland declares the show will go on, and Roman says, "Magnificent." No, he does not actually. Magnificent. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. Magnificent. Yes. Um, 
And then Casey yeah. has that annoying classic TV crutch of like confusing one conversation for another and giving away information that no one had actually known yet, which I think we've talked about. Like I, I get annoyed when shows do that. It's yeah, too yeah. Cute. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but as you said, it's very theatrical. It's very in line with the play. I think that we only saw like 10 seconds of, but. Mm-hmm. And thus our episode uh, comes to a con- conclusion. It sure does. Yeah. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Well, Av, how do you rate this episode? Um, I rate this episode okay. Um, I'll say it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Three pretties. Um, it's kind of just you know, it's it's definitely I definitely see what it's trying to do. It's definitely like trying to do that, like you know, um, Shakespearean play with you know all the things tying together and the you know comedy of errors. Um, it's just kind of as you, as you were pointing out, it's kind of just like a little bit too on the nose. Um, it's just like a little bit too ridiculous. Everyone is every like everything is just like conspiring to you know achieve this result at the end. Um, so yeah, it's and like I just like it didn't um, it didn't make me laugh a ton. Um, last week's was definitely much funnier. Um, so yeah, three pretties out of five. Um, I'm a little higher than you. I'll say this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four pretties for me. I do think it's funny. Like in epi- in season one, we sort of had to establish as a base that these guys were caterers. I mean, maybe not very good ones, but they they did more or less work in most of the gigs. In every episode this season, the entire party down catering crew just ends up partying with the guests rather than even pretending to serve at all. Except for yeah. except I guess for Ron. Yeah. Um let's uh let's let's go next to the come with guy. Oh come on, be a come with guy. I'll go first here. Honestly, I don't I don't even know how we could have a debate here. It has to be Roman. As he says, yeah. he's magnificent. It's the first time he's ever like actually like won an episode, like things have gone well for him. He uh, found right. not one but two lovers. And um, yeah, say a, a truly uh, magnificent night for uh, for Roman. Truly magnificent. Um, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Completely agree. Um, if you're not going to give it to him now, then when? Like, yeah. you're just <laughs> make, you're just basically saying he's not eligible for come with guy, which I guess is a reasonable position. Yeah. Um, if like you're so negative, then like you, maybe you could like bank a come with guy, but you need like, two or three of them to get back into the block and actually earn one. But um, I have no such policy. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm saying Roman as well. Yeah. Oh, what? I'm the asshole here? I am. I'm, I'm the asshole? I'm the asshole. Oh, I get it. I'm the asshole here, huh? Put your clothes on, Gordon. No one wants to see your penis. No one. Well, why? Maybe I'll win an award for best cock. Uh, what about fucking asshole? Are we going to be in agreement here? Yeah, I think it's got to be Ron. Um, he's, he's um, you know, he's he's done a lot of shitty things and he's had a lot of shitty things happen to him. Um, but these are, you know, pretty close to rock bottom on both accounts. Um, yeah, he's a big loser of this episode. Um, no, you know, no doubt about that. Mm. Well, we're not in agreement because uh, to okay. me, the fucking asshole is Leland. He's a clueless mm-hmm. husband. He's a pretentious theater douchebag. And worst of all, he takes advantage of, of Mona's unrequited love to take basically all her life savings for his own vanity. He claims it's mm-hmm. the other people. Um, mm-hmm. Although, I mean, Mona might be a fucking asshole for, for biting that plunger, which is so gross. But uh, yeah, to me, to me, it's going to be Leland. Leland's a douche and uh, poor Mona. In Curb last season, we were trying the, the show was trying to come up with the most disgusting, distasteful things that Irma Kostrowski could do. But, but nothing is nearly as bad as, as biting a used plunger. So <sighs> no, yeah. good. no good at all. I mean, the plunger happened to look very, very clean, uh, uh, spotlessly clean, actually, that she actually bit the uh, 
but in the, in the world of that plunger, the, no, nobody ever has a brand new plunger, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's been in the toilet at least once. Yeah. Although I, I've, purchased, not I've purchased like many plungers lately. Lately? Yeah, I've, I've bought at least three in the last year, and I don't understand why. I feel like, why do these toilets not have plungers? But uh, anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. it sounds like there's a big plunger missing around your house. Somebody's using them for something. Yeah, they're disappearing somewhere. That's true. I mean, we do. Our house is 150 years old, so those are some very old pipes. So we constantly mm-hmm. get plungers, unfortunately. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. my kids do not know how to regulate toilet paper usage. I see. Yeah, big problem. All right. Is that a boy thing so or that a girl thing? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We don't have such an issue, but I don't know. Yeah. We have also had, don't have as many people, so. Yeah. I would just stop with the Ted dance. <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Cameos this episode. I wouldn't say anybody's a cameo. We talked about, you know, uh, Rob Hoible and Carrie Kenny and Rachel Harris. And yeah. Sarah yeah. Burns. These are oh, small. Sarah Burns, by the way. She plays detective, mm-hmm. like the one who plays Donna, the red blouse girl who Kyle does hook up with. Uh-huh. She plays Detective Dunn and Barry, you know, sort of the clueless uh-huh. detective. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of that guys in this episode, I would say. But uh, no one who truly rises to the level of cameo. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for the postman? Absolutely. All right. Postman! Postman! Come here! here Tell the neighborhood! What a shanda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! Alex Orvitz says, hi, Alex and Av, this was a great episode. It felt like almost every character was involved in something hilarious. Casey being flirty was a highlight. Roman having a weird orgy in the corner and Kyle on a mission to seduce the wrong woman. The Lydia and Ron stuff was a bit weird and is the only slight complaint I had. Party, 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 par down. Four and a half parties Mm. or parties. Mm. Jim Crumley says, not on your wife was a good meta send-up of theater farces. The threads came together better than they usually do in plays of that form. The troupe and players work perfect. Do either of you have a story about high school or community theater? Um, I do not. Yeah, I think the last time I performed in a play was elementary school. So, Yeah. Three and a half pretty parties. Fucking asshole. Although former, uh, former pretty, pretty, pretty good guest. MJC, he does a lot of things mm-hmm. right now. Yes, oh, he's yeah, he's yeah. Uh, promoting his stuff on Facebook all the time. Looks like fun yeah. stuff. He's mm-hmm. in all, all sorts of plays. Um, sorry, come with guy. He says Roman in a three way is that his apex mountain? Um, I certainly have to think so. Um, the fucking asshole is Ron for assaulting Lydia. And finally, we turn to Zach Brooks, who says, "I definitely say this podcast is pretty, pretty, pretty magnificent." Come with guy is Kyle's gorilla mask. The fucking asshole is Lydia for ratting out her coworkers. Although it's probably Ron for his inappropriate sexual harassing misunderstanding. Yeah. This episode made me want some wine, but otherwise kind of meh. Good, good post credit scene, I guess. Two and a half parties. Next week, we will have the party down company picnic. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have. A bit of a bit of navel gazing. It sounds like it sounds like another episode where our guests will not be serving too much. Yeah, and I think uh, 
I think that we're going to have uh, some returning characters, I would guess, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I did look ahead, and my uh, prediction of we will never hear from uh, Uda again is uh, wildly wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what's his name? The boss? Mr. Nuck? What's his name? I assume he'll oh, is he back, too? Well, yeah. it's a company picnic. Right, right, right. right. Company? Yeah, right. yeah I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Av. Okay. See you next week.